You know, when you think about the Greek population in the United States, you think about New York City, you think about Queens, you think about Astoria. It's one of the top two or three concentrations in the entire world outside of Greece itself where you're going to find that critical mass. I see this as integral to who we are, and I hope to work with Greek Americans, with Greek foundations. People want to know if they're going to give money that there's a future and that the institution has a commitment. I can tell you as president, there is that commitment. It's so important that we have a program that looks at and helps to empower the Greek diaspora. Welcome to the second episode of the podcast from the Center for Byzantine and Modern Greek Studies. I'm John Metaxas. Today we speak with Frank Wu, the president of Queens College. Mr. Wu is a man who is ideally suited to hold his position. And though Hellenic studies is not his field, he has emerged as an important ally and advocate for the Byzantine and Modern Greek Center at the college. Frank Wu is a lawyer by training and an academic of great accomplishment who has written extensively on race relations. Named as president of Queens College in 2020, he is the first Asian American to hold that position. Wu previously served as chancellor, dean, and professor at UC Hastings College of Law. Before that, he taught law at Howard University for a decade, and he served as dean of Wayne State University Law School in his hometown of Detroit. He has taught at the University of Michigan, where he earned his JD, as well as Columbia, Stanford, and Johns Hopkins, where he received his BA. He's also taught at Peking University School of Transnational Law. Wu is the author of Yellow, Race in America Beyond Black and White, and Race, Rights, and Reparation Law and the Japanese-American Interment. Wu's ascendancy to the presidency of Queens comes at a crucial time for the Byzantine and Modern Greek Studies Center, the center was conceived and created 50 years ago in 1974 by the late Professor Harry Psomyavis. Harry left a tenured professorship in history at Columbia to come to Queens. His creation has turned out to be perhaps the largest Hellenic studies program in the country in terms of the number of students who have passed through it, some 20,000 and counting over the last 50 years. That's a testament to the college's location in the heart of the biggest Greek-American community in the country. But the center is now facing some severe fiscal challenges precipitated by New York State mandated budget cuts at CUNY that were ordered before Wu assumed the presidency. Each of CUNY's centers were asked to prove their ability to function as independent, self-funded institutions. Now, the Byzantine Center passed that recertification in May. But now, as it plans its 50th anniversary fundraising gala this coming May, the center is making a determined push to build its finances for the future. Enter Frank Wu. As you're about to hear, I think the center is fortunate to have a president who understands the value of ethnic studies and who is determined to preserve the ethnic centers as an integral part of Queens College. Here's my talk with Frank Wu. President Wu, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have said that the presidency of Queens College is a dream job for you. Can you tell us why? Absolutely. I say to our students, my family is like your family. 
It's the same. My parents came to the United States in the early 1960s. I was born in the U.S., the first in my immediate family to be born on these shores. My parents came as students, so I wouldn't even exist if it weren't for the power of American higher education. I believe in the proverbial American dream. I know some people uh, might mock it these days, but I know that for my family, uh, this nation with its democratic ideals, which come from Greece, of course, the demos, it's a Greek concept, uh, that it beckoned with freedom and opportunity and what was not available to my parents in the China and Taiwan that they had come from. So uh, I'm 56 years old uh, now, and I grew up in Detroit, which happens to have a historic Greek town, uh, and I've always known of the importance of the Greek diaspora. I'm thrilled now to be at Queens College because I really believe in the power of higher education. That's the engine of the American dream. And I didn't set out to be a college president. No one really says, well, that's my dream job. Not as a kid, they don't. But even once I became a professor and I'd been an administrator and held leadership roles, when I was applying, this is before the pandemic, I didn't apply to be a college president. I can say I applied in one search for Queens College. I wanted to be the Queens College president. Here's why. We still do what higher education is meant to do. Now, I'm not going to criticize any other institution of higher education, but I will say I know people my age who just finished paying off their student loans from law school. Can you imagine that being in your mid-50s and for 30 years you've been paying $1,000 or $2,000 a month? There's something wrong with that. Our model is very different. Our tuition is below 8,000. And about 40 to 45% of our students pay nothing thanks to the scholarship support through the state of New York. So we are not crushing people under debt. We're empowering them. We're lifting people up. Just about all our students make more money than their parents. Now, that's not the only measure. It's not even a very good measure of worth. But we know that for strivers, for for immigrants, for the children of newcomers. That's what it's about, going to school so that you can better your lot in life. But that's the other aspect of Queens College that's so important to me. One third of our students are immigrants. One third are the children of newcomers. That's two thirds. That's a majority. When you look at our students, and we do a little study every year, there are at least 100 languages being used in the homes of our uh, students, the families that they come from. There's no, no other place like this. This is the world's borough, and that's why I'm thrilled to be at Queens College specifically. And that's why it's so important that we have a program that looks at and helps to empower the Greek diaspora. We'll talk a little bit more about that, I know. We've just seen the president of the University of Pennsylvania lose her job, arguably for not being able to articulate a compassionate enough approach to ethnic controversies at her institution. It was really her answer about a question on genocide that many thought was too loyally and devoid of feeling. As someone who has written very movingly about your ethnic experience, even, dare I say, about your ethnic pain, what do you see as your obligation to a student body that, as you say, does speak 100 languages? I will be as clear as I can be, 
on October 7th, Hamas carried out a terrorist attack. It was wrong. It was morally wrong. It was heinous. It was reprehensible. And it happened. You know, on social media, there are already people, and regrettably, that includes some of our students, who are denying the facts, saying, well, no women, no children were harmed. Uh, these weren't terrorists, and so on. Uh, that the death toll is exaggerated. I will be as clear as I possibly can be. We condemn. I condemn as president of Queens College and personally as a human being the slaughter of civilians, of people who were not combatants, who were taken by surprise. And I have seen credible reports, not what's on social media, but from reputable mainstream news organizations that not only confirm that this happened, I mean, there can really be no doubt, but that some, maybe many of the people who participated in murder and rape took joy that they were gleeful. This must be condemned. And I see no reason to hesitate for even a moment. There are no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no need to say anything else. It is on October 7th, Hamas carried out a terrorist attack, period, full stop. That's, that's all there is to it. Um, and we put out a statement immediately after, and it was so important uh, that, that we do that. And I want, um, I want to just make that clear. Uh, and I know that there is so much that continues to happen uh, that is just devastating and terrible. And the civilian deaths uh, that we're witnessing, I know this, we're recording this during a holiday season, a festive time. And I, I hesitate to, to say, but I think we have to say that, that it just the, what we are witnessing, what the world is witnessing is just terrible. So uh, thank you for that opportunity to, to reiterate these important points. And how do you make your campus a safe space for all of your ethnicities? So th this is not easy. Um, you know, some people have asked and they, they've said, why is it that college campuses are a site of so much controversy right now? So much contention, so much anxiety. Um, I, I would say there are two reasons for that. The, the first is this is just an anxious, terrible time that we're living through. You have war, you have more than one war. I mean, we already had global conflicts happening. You, you have climate change, you have a global pandemic that we all just live through. It is just so hard to, to have conversation. You, you and I are, we're having a conversation. We're, we're interacting as thoughtful human beings. Um, but it's hard to do that now. You know, uh, I'm someone who talks to strangers when, when I'm on an airplane or something, unless they, someone lets me know, you know, I want peace and quiet. I, I'd like to chat with folks. I'm gregarious. And now uh, I hesitate because you can't talk about anything, right? It used to be they, they would say, well, you know, uh, talk about the weather. But if you, you say something about the weather, people think it's a political statement and they become angry because they think you're talking about climate change and they may have a contrary view where they don't think it's happening or, or they don't uh, believe in the remedies uh, that, that the world uh, needs to take and so on. 
So you can't even talk about the weather. So some of this is just, it is such a difficult time. The, the other reason though, that college campuses are a site of conflict, there are very few places in American society where you'll have significant numbers of people who are Jewish and people who are Muslim. And that's what we have and we're proud of it. We are not perfect. We have uh, our issues and, and I'm trying my best with my team to, to help guide our students who also are, are young people. We have to remember these are mostly 18, 19, 20, maybe 21 year olds, some older students, but it's mostly young people. And everyone's putting everything on social media now. Everyone takes out their phone. They immediately start recording everything. And you and I are recording, but in a thoughtful way, when, when you've got a bunch of strangers and, and everyone's agitated and one person's filming another person, that just, it ratchets things up, right? People get all riled up. And so our campus, uh, we're about 25% Jewish, and the neighborhood that we're in is very heavily modern Orthodox. Historically, we've had a very strong Jewish presence. We also have a Jewish center on campus, uh, just as we do a Greek and Byzantine, uh, and we're proud of the robust Jewish life. We have, too, a Muslim population, very significant uh, in size, uh, not as uh, sizable as the Jewish, but, but significant uh, and diverse. Uh, it is uh, at least a plurality, maybe a majority Asian in background. Some people don't realize if you look globally and in New York City at uh, the Muslim population it is by and large not Arab, it is uh, predominantly of Asian origin. Uh, we're talking Indonesian, uh, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, uh, Sri Lankan, so on. Uh, and, and people uh, who are black Muslims, people who have converted uh, to Islam. So we have uh, robust uh, communities in size and in in the observancy of the faith, it's visible, it's practiced, um, and that's good, and we want to support it. We have an active Hillel and an active Chabad, uh, and we have a, a new Imam who just started a week ago, actually, to help guide the Muslim Student Association. So uh, we're trying to, to build institutions and have programming. We have a renowned center for ethnic, racial, and religious understanding, and they've put on some programs to try to encourage dialogue. I'll be honest, it's not easy, but we keep trying to bring people together in the hope that in the United States, in New York City, in Queens, while people have connections, deep, personal, significant, profound connections to the populations that are fighting a war that here in the United States, maybe we can have at least a framework for, for inter, interacting with one another, for dialogue, for trying to come together here in the new world. Let's talk a little bit about the Byzantine and Modern Greek Center at Queens College. A recent article in the Kathimerini, which is Greece's leading newspaper, lamented that the field of modern Greek studies is in decline. And one of the reasons is a lack of funding, a lack of interest from universities housing these programs. And that may be a symptom of a wider issue with liberal arts in general. We've seen stories of some colleges eliminating liberal arts and trying to concentrate on STEM. What has been your impression of the Byzantine and Modern Greek Center at Queens and how does your ethnic experience perhaps impact that? 
You know, I believe in liberal arts. I believe in ethnic studies. You know, where would we be as a civilization without the classics, without Greek classics in particular? Whether uh, you think of Plato's Republic or, or Aristotle as uh, your guides to, to life, so much of what we call Western civilization, of what we think of as civilization, originates with ideals from Athens, right? Uh, with the agora, with the with uh, Socrates walking and talking and engaged in dialogue. These very concepts. And I'm trained as a lawyer. We use Socratic dialogue, right? We don't do it as well as Socrates uh, did, but so much of this forms the very foundation of the nation and the democracy itself, right? The the Greek demos of uh, six thousand, uh, direct democracy and of self governance. Uh, these ideals were adopted and adapted and and modified when the United States was founded. So to have civil society and civic institutions like Queens College are part of that. It depends on, on helping to do something. We don't even talk about it in general anymore, but used to be part of the point of education was for people to learn how to be citizens, to be responsible voters, to exercise their rights and fulfill their responsibilities. And our motto at Queens College is we learn so that we may serve. I still believe in all of that. What I would say is we want to be the institution of the double major. Now, I know for many of our students, their parents or their grandparents, and this includes those of Greek background, parents are very practical. They say, study a STEM field, just like you said, or accounting, right? Because they know accountants will get jobs. But the youngster comes and, and they take a class like that and they say, I can't do this. I can't do 40 years of this. <laughs> you know, this isn't for me. I want to take anthropology. I want to take art. And the parents, they say, what? I don't even know what an anthropologist is. You, you can't do that. Um, what I'd like to say is come to Queens College. You can do both. We will support you doing something practical and doing something that is your passion, and we can reconcile them. Because if you are in our business and liberal arts program, it's called BALA, it's an actual program, you can learn about business, how to run a business, and the liberal arts and these traditions. You can take some art classes. Maybe someday you'll run a museum, a dance company, right? A symphony. You'll be uh, the, the executive director. You'll blend these skill sets. So my hope is to put it together. And as to the Greek and Byzantine Center, uh, I see it as so important uh, with a collection that represents the borough. So uh, I mentioned uh, we have a Jewish center. We also have an Italian-American center. We have uh, an Asian-American program. We have an Africana studies program. We have a Latino program. There is not another institution that I can think of. You know, I don't disparage any other college, but I don't know of someplace else where you're going to find the Greek program plus Jewish and Italian plus all of the others uh, that I've named. So I have a hope, which is to, to put them together. And uh, the, now this is a dream. We don't have a plan yet. And I need to get the faculty. I need to persuade them. This is a good idea because we have a, a democracy, a shared governance within higher education. I want to create a whole school of diaspora and ethnicity and languages because I know we 
at Queens College have what it takes, in part because of Astoria. You know, when you think about the Greek population in the United States, you think about New York City, you think about Queens, you think about Astoria. I think it's about 300,000 uh, when I looked people who claim Greek origin in the state and about 180,000 uh, in New York City. It's uh, one of the top two or three concentrations in the entire world outside of Greece itself, where you're going to find that critical mass. So I see this as integral to who we are, and I hope to work with Greek Americans, with Greek foundations. We just had the Council General of Greece on campus to visit, and uh, we were talking about, he used to play basketball, he explained, when he was in high school with the movie director Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, and so I, I hope that he will help us invite uh, uh, the the famous uh, sort of eccentric, darkly comedic uh, movie director to campus. I, I would love to, to have him come do a talk for our film program. One guest who you did host on campus was the uh, president of Cyprus, Nikos Christodoulidis. You presented him with the President's Medal, which is your college's highest honor. And you called him, in your words, the most distinguished graduate of the college. I take it none of the other ethnic centers have a country's president as an alumnus. That's right. That's right. And uh, he represents what uh, we're talking about at Queens College. So uh, he came uh, to the United States uh, to go to college, and he picked Queens College because he knew about the Greek and Byzantine program. He was active uh, in it. Uh, it's not just an academic program. At, at its heart, it is, but it's also a community. It forms a center so that people can maintain language and culture and and have a support group and socialize. You know, much of the college experience, I, I know, and I want to be clear, we're about training people, educating them, getting them that degree. But I know that for so many, myself included, when you think about college, you think about everything else too, not just the classes and the labs, you think about the extracurricular activities, the friends you made that continue forever. So the, the Greek and Byzantine Center does that. It's every bit as important. It provides a space, it provides a, a gathering space. It provides a built-in set of friends. Uh, so the, the president, uh, who we just honored uh, not too long ago, spoke so positively and poignantly about his time on our beautiful campus of uh, 83 acres. And he was a good student. He did well. We actually had his college roommate uh, show up uh, and, and come to the event, and they had a little reunion. Uh, and we had so many uh, students who looked up to him and who thought that there is someone a generation ahead of where our students currently are, but they could look at him as a role model and see that if he could do this, perhaps they too could as well. The center has had a remarkable history for 50 years, as you say, contributing to the cultural life of its students as well as the wider city. And in addition to all the teaching that goes on, there has been some serious scholarship just to come to mind, uh, I know the former director of the center, Christos Ioannidis, wrote a uh, seminal book on uh, the history of Cyprus during the colonial British occupation. So the center fills many roles. It has been supported by the Greek community who have donated scholarships and money every year for the students and even endowed a professorship in Byzantine studies at the center. 
With all the fiscal tightening at CUNY, though, what do you think is the future of the center fiscally? I think the center has a great future ahead of it. We help to support it by hiring the faculty and the staff and providing space. I actually have a little project. Uh, I've asked our chief financial officer uh, to, to do a little study so that we can show folks, here's what we're putting in uh, to match what the community and the donors put in. Because we know that people, they, they have, there's so many charitable causes and people want to know if they're going to give money that there is a future and that the institution that the Greek and Byzantine Center is a part of, Queens College, that it has a commitment. I can tell you as president, there is that commitment. Absolutely. We support it. We have uh, for 50 years. I can't wait for the celebration. It's going to be a, a wonderful event, a gala in the spring. And to celebrate 50 years, it's a moment when we can reflect on the past, but then look forward uh, to the future. Now, you had mentioned, and there is a policy. Uh, we're part of the City University of New York. Uh, Queens College was founded in 1937, and about a generation later, in the early 60s, a number of institutions of higher education within uh, this city, this magnificent city, came together to create CUNY, the City University of New York, as a system. And uh, the system uh, has uh, decided, uh, and our board of trustees, that because there are so many of these institutes within the system and centers on the different uh, college campuses, that every one of them has to have a, a funding source or a set of supporters so that they can put together uh, their budget. So uh, I look forward to partnering uh, with uh, the Greek diaspora community, uh, with foundations, with anyone interested in the legacy of uh, what Greek culture, uh, a living legacy of what it has uh, given uh, to the United States uh, to ensure uh, that this part of Queens College uh, remains strong in perpetuity. I'd like to ask you to put on your fundraising hat for a moment. What do you say, perhaps, to the Greek-American billionaire? Now, I'm talking about the kind of person who's able to plunk down, say, $4 million to endow a professorship or even fund part of the center's endowment. The kind of person who in the past maybe even endowed an Ivy League professor's chair. Why should they give their money to Queens College? Why is Queens College important? because we have a center and we are in exactly the right place. I'm not going to disparage any other place. And I know there are concentrations such as in Detroit, uh, where I grew up. Uh, but if you were going to look and if you're going to ask, if you had to pick one place, one place in the United States where there are Greek Americans, you would look Queens. You would look to Astoria, Queens. And so if you're looking to, to create something like this, you wouldn't just plunk it down at random someplace where there's nobody of Greek background. If, if you were to look and, and drop your top 10 list, your top five list, Astoria easily makes the top 10, the top five. And I think arguably it is the number one place. Um, and Astoria is part of the borough of Queens, as we are. It's uh, an easy drive. And uh, those uh, who left Astoria migrated to other parts of the metro area. And then because of the 
other centers and institutes, uh, there's mutual support. So this would be the place to put it where you would see support uh, from the community, support from the institutional leadership, and support because there's a there's an ecosystem. There are other programs like this uh, that can come together and partner and and do joint projects. As we uh, wrap up the podcast, can you uh, perhaps sum it up for us? Uh, where do you see yourself in ten years? Where do you see Queens College, and where do you see the Center for Byzantine and Modern Greek Studies? Well, I hope in 10 years that I'm still right here at Queens College doing uh, what I do because I love doing this job. I see Queens College as stronger than ever before. In 10 years, I would like to see this school of diaspora, ethnicity, and languages, and the Greek and Byzantine Center would be uh, integral to that. It's one of the building blocks. It's such an important piece of it, uh, and I would like to see it through thriving and flourishing, having conferences and symposia and publishing, uh, having uh, a role within the community. I believe in what we do. We're a civic institution. A college does more than just educated students. That, that's the core of what it does. But we are also a place for the whole borough for all of the communities uh, within it. And the Greek population is so strong and there's continuing migration and a resurgence and new interest uh, in uh, Greek culture. So I hope to partner with everyone uh, who's listening to this podcast uh, to help build the premier Greek program for Greek culture, language, and diaspora. And I hope that their children uh, will come to school at Queens College. You mentioned the uh, anniversary gala, the 50th anniversary gala. That'll be on May 17th. President Frank Wu, we look forward to seeing you at the gala. I can't wait. We'll see you there. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.